Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, hi, Doc. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. One of the, I just want to dive right into this because the last time we spoke, were you pregnant? Probably. It feels like I was pregnant for like six years. <laughs> I think you were like peak pregnant. Yeah. Doing what so many women do and continue to work. Mm-hmm. How, how is, as a fun, you know, as a functional medicine doctor who will tell all of her patients to manage stress, you are a doctor and a founder of a company that's arguably changing the healthcare system in our country. So how do you manage that? <laughs> how do you balance it all? <laughs> how do I balance it all? Uh, what does my husband say? Why don't you trade your stresses for dresses when I'm like super stressed out? <laughs> that's really cute. And he sees that I'm engaged in one of my less productive stress management tactics, which is online shopping. Amazing. <laughs> so how do I, you know, I feel like I just, oh, I have three kids now, which is crazy, mm-hmm. crazy times. The youngest one just turned two. And that means my house is abject chaos at all times. How old are the older two? Six and a half and three and a half. Oh God. <laughs> That's everyone's reaction. So, uh, I mean, I would like to have three kids and I only have one. So I can't imagine having the three. Are they in school? How do you schedule everything? It's honestly, the older they get, the more complicated it becomes because my oldest is in first grade. So he's like got a real schedule and we have to like race out the door in the morning. Then he's got school till three. Then he goes to after school program. Then a pickup sitter picks him up in the city and brings him out to Brooklyn. Then we've got our nanny. Then we've got preschool for the other two. My littlest just started three mornings a week. But I hear from people with older kids that the logistics just get crazier and crazier because they start having like, real activities and sports and stuff. And today he said to me, mama, why have I not had a sleepover? And I'm like, I don't know. You're six. Like sleepover with your friends is like, not, I'm like, that's like marked in my mind at like 12. I'm also anti sleepover since I got TikTok. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like, I entered some realm of like, I'm a detective or I'm a cop or I'm this. And here's the three things I'll never let my kids do. And everyone says sleepovers. I would like that's such a part of being a child. I know, but wait, why? Just all sorts of things. 
there's uncles and neighbors <laughs> and friends of older uh, brothers and friend, you know, there's just, you just really have to know who's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, that's so sad though, that like to live in a world where I know I feel like this too, as a mom and everything I see online and on social, there's, you know, there's some meme going around, you know, targeting us moms. You've probably seen this. Maybe you've, you've seen this where it's like, don't put your kid's name on the outside of their backpack yeah. because that's how like kidnappers target them. And you're just like, and with everything happening in the world, have 15 more reasons to be scared and be stressed. I know I mean, it adds a level. I have so many mom friends who have severe anxiety who like one of my mom's friends was telling me the other day that a a mom in her kids class puts an air tag on their kid. She was like, I have, I hate to admit this, but like I, I air tagged my child. And I was like, that's like a level of paranoia. That seems like postpartum to me. You know what I yeah. mean? That's like where I think that's like a real interesting, we're so quick. And this is a perfect segue into like the survey that you just did for parallel. We're so quick to like disregarding women. Mm. But like, to me, that that level of anxiety and like certain other behaviors she was describing. I was like, this is a woman who's not in a good mental place. Right. I was like, that's not, I don't, that's not like a healthy way to live. But I think it's also as everything becomes more connected and you feel like you can't be away from your phone for five seconds and you bring your phone with you into the bathroom, you know, and all sorts of places that it shouldn't be. I like get that. I mean, my husband put an air tag in our stroller. Well, then a friend of mine posts on Instagram that someone slipped an air tag into her stroller. Wow. Because now you get a notification that the air tag is by you. Right. And they do that in case people slip on an air tag. I know. I just, I don't live my life in that way. I can't, I don't have the bandwidth for it. Like I just am very, I'm like, I'm always like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Maybe I'm a little bit of it. There has to be some sort of level of, I don't know, like I won't survive otherwise. (laughs) That's, I agree. And you also have to like box things in. Like we spent some time in upstate New York, like outside the city and, you know, upstate New England's big Lyme territory and in the world of health and medicine and and functional health, especially like what Lyme is a big topic. There's a lot of people who are told they don't have Lyme when they really do. There's people who sometimes think they have Lyme and really don't, right? It's a complicated topic, but I know a lot of people upstate who like essentially live their lives in fear of going outside. And I'm like, what's the point? And so I'm always just like, I'm living my life. I'm living outside. I'm checking for ticks, but I'm not going to live in a way that makes me like afraid to leave my house. No, you can't. Upstate. You just, you can't. Like, what's the point of living at that point? You know? Well, you, you just bought a house to enjoy. This is also, yeah. everything just comes back to TikTok because someone else I follow on TikTok was like on a tick bite on her neck, went to urgent care and then talked through the process of taking the medicine to prevent yourself from getting Lyme which I didn't know that was a thing. I was like, this is very helpful. Yeah. I mean, how well that works. That was going to be my next question. Next next podcast. That was going to be my next question to you. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if that works. So I want to talk about this survey that you did. You must have access. I mean, not must. I can't imagine how much information you have, but this was 1200 women. What were the ages? 18 to 18 to 16. And tell me what exactly you asked everybody. So, you know, and partially we, which is my medical practice for those of you don't listening, who don't know me and the company that I founded, we, we see tens of thousands of patients. We see men, we see women, we see anybody, regardless of how you identify, we see young, we see old, 
But the thing is, the majority of our patients, about three quarters are women. And we are a practice that wow. takes care of people with chronic conditions and helps them heal from those conditions, diagnose those conditions. We also help people optimize their health. We address hormones, heart health, blood sugar, mental health, a lot of reproductive health and fertility and postpartum and menopause, a lot of GI issues, migraines, you name it, we got it. But when we looked at our female population, we said, you know, okay, women, we know in the world, like, or in, in the United States, I'll limit this to the US right now, spend $85 billion a year on healthcare. They spend two times more than their male counterparts. And only about a quarter of that is attributed to pregnancy. And so as we looked at everything going on with women and the health issues women are facing, we know that men and women face different health issues. We know that a lot of the research has been done in men and not women. And so all of those stats sort of, and our experience of providing care for these folks said, okay, let's just ask them. Let's, so we commissioned a survey of 1200 women in the workforce or of working age rather. And we did that because we know that women of working age are often caretakers to two generations or at least one. Mm -hmm. We know that women drive 80% of healthcare spending and are the CEOs of our communities and our health and our homes. Mm -hmm. And we decided to ask them, like, what is going on with you and how are you experiencing your health? And the results that we got out of it were really, really, I think, astounding. And I think some of the most, you know, interesting couple stats are that 80% of women are delaying care, meaning not going to the doctor when they need help. And that for those who have symptoms, they, about two thirds don't actually know, feel like they have a clear diagnosis. Mm -hmm. They don't know why they have symptoms. And that many women are really discouraged by their experience with the healthcare system, feeling like they're not getting answers, not heard maybe it's like not even worth going. They're like giving up. That was really- it Completely, it feels not worth going. <laughs> I mean, truly before, and I have so much privilege. So that's the reason why I'm, I know more about my health than the average person. But, you know, when I was working like a normal job making, you know, between 35 and $50,000 a year, I remember going to the doctor at one point and I said, I'm really tired and I'm very bloated. My stomach is really distended. I'm really uncomfortable. And she told me to eat fucking prunes. And I left that office and I was, remember stopping to get gas and I called my mom and I cried because I said, there's something wrong with me. And this was a woman and I was, it was a new doctor I was seeing. And I was so excited to finally get to the bottom of something. Cause I literally was saying to her, there's something wrong with me. And she told me to eat prunes. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I had this moment where I cried to my mom and I said, not for myself. I said, we're in a broken system. And I have the privilege of going to a very nice doctor in my city. So it hit me more thinking like what the average American is dealing with. People who have real serious, because I was like, I clearly have like a GI issue or a hormone imbalance, which many women suffer from. But I was like, imagine if I had symptoms of cancer or a chronic disease or something like I couldn't imagine how lost I would feel. Yeah. And that is the way that our healthcare system has been set up. And people always ask me like, why is it this way? And I'm like, you know, it's just a zillion factors sort of added up over time. It's not because doctors are bad people who don't care. It's not because, you know, anyone's evil. It's because our system's incentives and the way it's designed and the way it's been come designed over decades and decades is such that our medical providers are not incentivized to figure out the why. 
mm-hmm. or to do the what I call the investigative journalism of medicine, which is to say, you're bloated and you're exhausted. What's the connection between those two things? That I mean, my mind immediately, I'm like, we have thyroid, we have depression, we have autoimmune disease, we have nutrient deficiencies, we have cancer, we have, yeah. I mean, I could list you seven things right now that could be either causing or contributing to you those symptoms. And it shouldn't be a luxury. Sadly, it has been. Parsley is trying to change that, is changing that. But it shouldn't be a luxury to have a doctor who will spend time with you, who will connect the dots across what's going on in your body, and who's covered by insurance. That should just be what we have. I'm in this process right now because I was feeling so good. And since May, I've gained 20 pounds. My stomach is so distended. I'm inflamed. My hands hurt. They're swollen. I've gotten acne. I'm very tired. I got a blood glucose monitor thinking, oh, I'm eating something and my blood sugar spiking and figuring I was going to see a bunch of spikes on the food that I eat. I get alerts that my blood sugar is low after I eat alerts at how low my blood sugar is. And I haven't done anything about it in the last three, four weeks because I'm like, where do I fucking start? Right. You know, I was like, I... And I like reached out to a friend of mine who's a functional, because I was like, can I just get like a quick, like, can we just like do this quick, like just using my privilege and my connections to get like a quick solution. And with my discount, he was like, it was like a $5,000 scenario. And I was like, I'm not going to, I was like, I'll just fine. And then and that's, and that's also part of the reason why I emailed you. Cause I, and then I said, I need to just sign up for Parsley and start my process well, with Parsley. We're, we're here to help. It will not cost you $5,000. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but what you just said, I think is really interesting, right? Like you have a lot of knowledge and you, and you talk to people like me for, you know, your, your day job and you like have really explored this and you're really motivated. And mm-hmm. even for you, it's really hard to navigate our healthcare system. It's really hard to know who to turn to. It's really hard to figure out, like, do I have one place I can go to figure this out in like an economical way? Mm -hmm. And so no wonder that the average parent, mother, working age person who's got their job, they may even have a lot of symptoms. Like we hear from a lot of our patients because we treat a lot of autoimmune and gastrointestinal disease, heart disease, all those types of things. We hear from a lot of people like my health is my second full-time job. Oh, wow. And people, most people say, forget that. I don't want to feel that way. But Mm -hmm. then as a result, they delay care. And sometimes the results of delaying care are pretty disastrous. So we need a care system that's much more accessible and approachable and navigable and makes you feel good and makes you feel heard. Because when people delay care, that's when bad stuff gets bad. You have some pretty... I'm like trying not to get emotional. Three out of 10 women are facing poor health and missing work every 60 days. Yeah. 40% of, 43% of women surveyed said they'd missed a day of work in the past 60 days for a health reason. And a lot of the top reasons were things like migraines, fatigue, and general malaise, which is another word for what I call FLC, feel like crap syndrome which is basically I've got something going on, but I don't really know what it is, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of there's probably multiple things going on. And as a doc, I can tell you that like with my patients, it's never one thing. I have yet to see the patient where it's one thing. Like we as human beings are not organs and jars, like your heart's in a jar here and your brain's in a jar here and your GI tract's in a jar over there and your uterus is in a different jar. 
on a different shelf, like we are an ecosystem. And so if something's going on with your hormones, it impacts your blood sugar, your blood sugar impacts your hormones, right? Your stress levels impact how you metabolize your testosterone to your estrogens. Actually your stress, if you're chronically stressed, increases the velocity of of the enzyme that converts testosterone to estrogen, which can result in a lot of worsening PMS symptoms, breast tenderness, heavy periods. My boobs have been hurting. And I'm not so something, something is impairing how you're metabolizing your hormones because we make hormones every day in our bodies and we break them down every day in our bodies, right? Our hormones are not like a static thing. Stress, foods, gut microbiome, all of these things can impact how we break down those hormones. And when we don't break them down very well, or we are breaking them down, but they go down a different kind of shoots in the game of shoots and ladders of metabolism, mm-hmm. sometimes you have different kind of effects or symptoms from that. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This podcast was brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I'm going to assume a hard yes on that one because I think that's pretty standard for all of us. We kind of know what we need to do. We feel in our guts what we need to do. And then there's just so much noise in our head and second guessing and like that's where like all the anxiety and the lack of sleep and all that stuff comes from right and so when I really hit those moments in my life I know that I need I always say this like I need to access the tools that I have in my toolbox and sometimes that feels impossible and that's really what therapy does that's what it is it's something that can help guide you to get to where you need to be Because somebody who has an objective view, somebody who has the wherewithal can help you access your intuition and not let your brain drive you crazy. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which just blows my mind because when I was growing up, I had to drive an hour to and from therapy. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pia. 
and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pia. And just like that, your favorite besties and tastemakers, Benito Skinner and Mary Beth Barone are back. Did you miss us? You know they did. Join us every Wednesday on your way to Sephora to hear our witty, ridiculous and irreverent musings on life, the universe, existence and of course what we currently ride for. You're going to absolutely live slash die for this podcast. You might even, dare we say, ride for it. funny how you see right away how you're just like oh yeah that's something that I feel <laughs> but it's like it's not normal <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like so many people just learn to live with by the way were these 1200 women random or these people that you work that are patients at Parsley none of them this was not a Parsley member population this, this was we actually commissioned a third party to go out and formally do like a proper you know, properly executed research study where the questions are developed to not be leading or biased anyway. It wasn't a marketing effort in any way. It was really around just better understanding the population that we're already serving Mm -hmm. and better having some data that would allow us to deliver better care for them, better address their needs, but also, you know, something that we can share with the wider healthcare ecosystem that we're involved in all the time so that, you know, this could be better known because I think women understand this maybe intuitively, but it hasn't sort of been said, you know, where what other industry is the core customer driving 80% of spend? Like what other consumer industry, right? Would not design everything and anything around that core customer. Yeah, totally. It's like your iPhone or your salad or your vitamin, Mm -hmm. but healthcare is largely designed for men and by men and women just use it. And I think the statistics about women spending 2X the healthcare dollars and women spending 85 billion a year and women being 70% of those with chronic conditions in the workforce age. So women are disproportionately impacted by these conditions, but we can look at those stats all day. At the end of the day, statistics by definition like that are retroactive, right? We're looking into the past. And I find too often we don't just like ask the people impacted by something. Yeah. Like, how do you feel? Like, what's going on with you? And so that's what we tried to do. The healthcare, I mean, the insurance companies really are the reason why this is all so fucked, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like, it seems like there's just, they have like a monopoly on healthcare. You know, so in our country, about 50% of people, this are rough numbers. This is not exact everyone. So if you're like a healthcare stats aficionado and you're going to get me, that's fine. But Roughly half of people are insured by Medicare and Medicaid, so the government. Yeah. And actually, in many ways, the incentives for the government are in some ways worse because it's run by the government and all of the political, you know, machinations that go with that. In other ways, the silver lining of that is that they're going to have those types of, they're going to have people for a long time, typically. And so the government programs have been more incentivized to say, how do we help people get healthier over time? The other half of the country is in, if they're if they're insured, if they're lucky enough to be insured or largely insured through their employer, that's called commercial. And the average person stays on their health plan today. And this is actually so interesting about just how people live today for 18 months to two years only. That's how fast people switch jobs. And every time you switch jobs, right, your healthcare doesn't go with you. Well, and so that's the average. And so the commercial insurers who many people in the workforce, not everybody have, 
they're not really incentivized to care if you're healthier 18 months from now because you're you're just a short-term wow which is not their fault right they didn't create that phenomenon i was actually on the phone today with one of our advisors who's um this amazing woman she's awesome who's the ceo of a health insurance company and she was explaining to me that all of their costs are going up. So their premiums are going to go up 10% and it's going to hit the employers and then it's going to hit the individuals. But she was explaining sort of why that's happening. And I think it's good. I share that because I think it's actually important that we back out. And I don't know if this is helpful or hurtful, but it's not that the insurance companies are evil or the government's bad or doctors are mean. It's that the whole system is one thing. Yeah. And it's all broken. Like the whole thing is collectively broken. So she's explaining how the hospitals have all renegotiated. So their costs went up. And so it becomes this cycle where I don't think it's like one party is bad. I think it's actually the system at large. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it clearly is like a trickle down. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just. So what do we do about it though? And I do, I always like, that's stressful to think about because it's like, it's, I mean, it's a $4 trillion industry. How do I, how do I impact that? But another health plan president I was talking to recently, I asked him, I said, you know, you're the president of this health, a big health insurance company. Like you're trying to do all this stuff. What's the one thing, if you could wave a magic wand that would make like your life easier, like make your business work better. And he said, healthier patients. And there is a world in which we are all aligned. We, as people being healthier the, the pay, healthier patients obviously cost less to your health insurance or to the government. And so I think if we can kind of like anchor on that, then the question becomes, how do we empower people? How do we care for people in new ways that make them healthier? Because then we start to align the disparate parties mm-hmm. that sometimes seem very misaligned, but I think deep down there, they maybe are more aligned than we think. So what do you think are those those solutions? You know, I mean, I would say like, me not knowing anything, I would say first and foremost would be like a full blood panel, which like normal doctors don't really do, but that's what you guys do kind of right away, right? Like that's something that makes you a big outlier. Yeah. You know, I've had to explain our testing to a lot of health insurance. So now that we're working with health insurance companies, Parsley, we're in network for about 10 million people in New York and California and working our tails off to make that hundred million people, not 10 million people and then beyond. But when we're in these conversations, they ask about the testing and they always say, you know, I talked to a really big healthcare health insurance company recently. And they said, you know, we're really, we don't want to do too much testing and we really don't, don't want to drive up costs by doing unnecessary testing. And one approach for my response to that being like little me with my little company could have been like, yeah, you're right. We're really going to work with you to get the testing down. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to like really say what I believe here, which I know to be true, which is, you know, we do do more testing than the average doctor. And that allows us to connect the dots across the body because sometimes what's happening in your gut is why you have brain fog or weight gain or a skin rash. And by doing that little bit of extra testing, enabling us to ask the right questions and get the right answers, we have shown through our independently validated data that we're helping save tens of thousands of dollars in these patients. Yeah. And so the willingness to say, I know that's like the party line, don't test, don't test. Like I, when I was in my medical training, people that we were taught at the hospital, like don't do extra tests. And you're like, diseases like diabetes and heart disease and hormone issues, by the time they show up in your body, not working, 
pretty far along, huh? Way too late. Like my view is that these blood tests should be free. They're very cheap for the labs to do. So what what the labs are billing for them is through the roof over and above what they actually cost. Sorry, labs. And making this testing available to people. The nice thing with Parsley is that, you know, we'll order the tests and we will run them through your insurance because there are a lot of services out there that will do testing, but a lot of it's then cash pay, which, you know, a lot of this blood work, like a doctor can order. You just need a doctor who's willing to order it. Yeah. Do you think that's something if somebody's with a doctor and doesn't want to transfer over, that's something that people should just really abdicate for, right? Is just like getting like a full blood panel. Yep. Yep. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you had tests that have you feel like have been really powerful for your health journey? Yeah. I mean, I got a blood test years ago when I first started, you know, everyone's story is the same, right? It's like, I was sick every year. I was chronically this. I used to get pneumonia every winter. I would get walking pneumonia. It was so normal for me. I would cough so much that I would throw up and that was an average, that was so normal. It was was crazy. And I ended up getting a blood test from this like hippy dippy doctor who basically told me I'd had like mono for 10 years and that like my gut was all, you know, it was like a few little things. And this is like way woo woo, but normal for me. But he started giving me like a lot of vitamin drips and he really like shift shifted what I was eating. And in his office, he even had like uh, poultry he would sell and like he would be like this is the meat you should be eating like this is bison it comes from this farm he's like this really this great Amish family raises that these cows are happy they eat real grass that he was like this is what you should be eating the week before and during your period he was like this you know he's just really like trying to explain to me like how I could help my body with what I was eating and then you know I was working with Dr. Lekos for a long time who really you know, when you go through the results with him, it's, it's like an hour and it's line by line. And it's, this means this, and this means this. And I was really low in iron and he was able to kind of get me like, you know, like a few things, but, you know, and then finding out that I had PCOS obviously allowed me to figure out, but I mean, this low, the low blood sugar, what does that mean? How low is low? I got a warning about it yesterday. Like these um, are like forties because forties were going to the hospital and like seven, you know, Oh, I hit 40. I got a notification that did it hit you 40. feel at that moment where you shaky, sweaty, dizzy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you really were. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's just my hypoglycemia. Like I need to eat something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's it, happening often. I'm like, Oh girl, we got to get you signed up. Um, <laughs> it goes like the highest it's been. It's like, Oh, it's like right above. It's like right around 70 constantly. Okay. Like that's okay. If you're hitting lows and you're symptomatic. So for anyone listening to this, blood sugar crashes where you're feeling shaky, sweaty, nauseous, whatever, if that's happening frequently, you know, you do want to see a doctor and you do want to get checked out because you're symptomatic from it. Having a blood sugar in 70s is totally fine and you feel fine then, you know, and the reason I asked if you were symptomatic is that the continuous glucose monitors today are good. Yeah. I'm also wondering like, they're, the not, of this thing. they're not like <laughs> great and they, they can be inaccurate. You know yeah. what I mean? And so sometimes people will see a crazy reading and be like, what, this doesn't make any sense. That somebody feels fine. And it's, and they feel fine. And I'm like, I think it's just an inaccurate reading, but if you're really feeling shaky, I mean, and you're having some of the symptoms you're describing, like we should just be 
-hmm. looking at your pancreatic function and looking deeper than just a blood sugar and an insulin level to understand what's going on there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You guys have heard me talk about Parallel for years because it is a mainstay in my vitamin routine. It's the first and only OBGYN founded vitamin offering targeted daily vitamin packs for various stages of a woman's hormonal life from supporting your menstrual cycle to trying to get pregnant into pregnancy through postpartum and into early motherhood. They have all your bases covered. They work with an exclusive team of world-class doctors and leading experts to review all of their product formulas. And I just want to say like, I admire the founders and their goal for this company so intensely. Women don't know anything about their bodies. We are not provided with the education and the information that we need to feel our best. And oftentimes we don't feel good and we suffer and we should know what's going on with our cycles and we should have the vitamins and the nutrients to support that. And that is also why I love Parallel so much because they just keep launching products that solve huge problems. Like their latest one is called the cycle support pack. And it is an absolute game changer. Most menstrual products only offer targeted symptom relief for your period, but parallels cycle support pack is made to sync with your cycle. And so many of us know we need to cycle sync, but it seems impossible. You literally just take a pill a day starting at the day of your cycle. It's a 28 day system and each pill has exactly what you need for that moment in your cycle. I also do not go a day without the conception support pack and my PCOS formula, which has incredibly helped with my PCOS symptoms. Exclusively for Everything is the Best listeners, Parallel is offering a free gift with purchase. So the first 100 people that use this code will receive a free urinary tract support powder when you buy Parallel's conception support pack or a cycle support pack. So head to Parallel.co, that's P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co, and use code PIAPODCAST to get your free gift. Did you know you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread, 
Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. For years, I had like my mom would just be like, we're just hypoglycemic. So like those crashes are normal. And then I was like, I don't think it's normal to feel like you're going to pass out like that. No, 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 no. And back to your survey, right? Underlying disease or anything like that. And then, you know, this gets to, this is another thing that you just said that gets dismissed a lot, I think in women, but in patients in general, you know, in medicine, you're constantly taught to look at like the mean, right? Like what is normal? What is within the normal range? But First of all, normal and optimal are two different things. Totally. The normal range today is based on an unhealthy population at large, like what is what the standard reference ranges are. So it doesn't mean that normal is optimal. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, people are different. So yeah. some people just have like a slightly low, don't know why, there's nothing wrong with them. Their immune system works just freaking fine but their white blood count will always show up a little bit below the normal range. And you can like do all these tests and all these things. And it's like, we as human beings, like we come from different families, we come from different parts of the world. We have different microbiomes. We interact with the world differently. We eat different foods. So like the temptation in medicine to be like, everyone is the same and everyone should be the same doesn't allow for like, okay, you have a family history of this. Mm. Maybe you don't have a disease. Maybe it's something though that you always need to have your orange juice and your protein ball like with you so that you always have something that can like bring your blood sugar back up. What symptoms do women dismiss the most, like most often that you could like grab someone by the shoulder and be like, you please need to come in and see us? Weight gain, because weight gain is a sign of a lot of things going on. And too many women think it's my fault or get sort of on the dieting train. Oh my and God, that's what I've been spiral. I've been like, I had that cake at that birthday party. Yeah. And it's like, weight gain can be a sign of a blood sugar imbalance, a cortisol imbalance, a thyroid imbalance, chronic inflammation, like the list goes on, right? And so if you know why you've gained weight and you're able to change that, then fine. Then you don't, you know, but if you feel like you're really hitting a wall, there could be really something going on. And I think we're too quick to judge ourselves or, or try to diet our way out of that. Wow, that's and really good advice. It's really important not to do that. I think another one is our hormones. I hear women a lot sort of say like this phrase I hear all the time that makes no sense, everyone. I'm just going to be the one to tell you, I'm sorry, don't hate me. It's my hormones. Like what is what what what, what does that mean? Is it your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone, your DHEA? Is like maybe it's not your hormones at all. I can't tell you how many women thought their bloating was their hormones, quote, their hormones. Again, this yeah. is just amorphous basket of hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, what is a hormone? It's like, I imagine this little round, like person in a suit being like, hormone. like, what is that? First of all, we can test for these things. Second of all, women in menopause who think they're bloating at a patient who thought her bloating or, or the internet told her her bloating was, her menopause. And really she had what is now the number one cause of irritable bowel syndrome, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, also known as SIBO, which is really common today because we eat a lot of sugar and we take a lot of antibiotics and various things overgrow it, overgrow the bacteria in our gut. And that's a treatable GI issue. So if you're having 
bloating, acid reflux, intermittent constipation or diarrhea. I'm like, check, 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 check. (laughs) 40% of rosacea is actually caused by SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, brain fog. So in her case, right, she was menopausal and we we actually ended up giving her prescribing hormone replacement therapy, which has been largely under-prescribed and we prescribe it parsley where it's appropriate, but we also treated her SIBO. So that wasn't a good example of where like, quote, treating her hormones wasn't going to ever make her bloating go away. Mm. And so we need to kind of look at the whole person. So, but I hear a lot of women just be like, it's my hormones. I guess it's normal that my periods are a mess. I guess it's normal that my cycles are really irregular and painful. I guess it's normal. And they sort of ignore these things when your period is a vital sign. So if something is off with it, we want to look at that. I had a family member over here a couple of weeks ago and another family member who is her daughter was talking to me about her period. And she was like, I can't even begin to track it. It's never been normal. It's super irregular. I'll go months without having it. And I said, that's extremely not normal because she's like, you know, I feel like this. I feel like that. And I was like, well, you should try to track your cycle and see where you are. She was like, that's impossible. And her fucking mom said, my period is that way too. It's genetic. And I said, it's not genetic. I said, I'm not a doctor, but I know that that is not genetic. And she said, yes, it is. I never had a regular period of periods all over the place. And I said, yeah, because you two live the same lifestyle. <laughs> That's what's similar between the two. Of you. Yeah. I said, but this is not, I said, don't tell, I, I, you know, I feel like an asshole because I'm like, I can't tell. What am I telling? Someone tells me about no, my daughter not. to Someone me. Someone needs to tell them. <laughs> I know, but it's like, you know, you don't want, you can't say that to a mom that like she's dismissing. You know, it's like if somebody yeah. said that to me about Carmela, I would be like, oh. but I would also kind of be like, oh, I want to do right by my child. And I, I was like, just call me later and we can, I can t- try to get, you know, I was like, let me listen to some podcasts or do a little bit. But I was like, you need to get way more in tune with your body. But I, it was such a funny moment to me. My mom and I talked about it afterwards because I was like, my mom was like, oh man, like, yeah, that isn't genetic. And I was like, but you know what, mom, there are so many things that my mom has done and said, like, she never knew to go deeper. She never knew about gut issues. She never knew about, you know, you just kind of live that way. And that's the generational stuff that becomes your lifestyle with, with your health that I think is really detrimental to, to people really wanting to like advocate for themselves and be like, it's not normal that I feel this way, you know? Yeah. And that, I think speaking of generational, there's a lot changing there, right? Like of all the, of all the like ills of social media, I do think that younger generations are much more comfortable talking about their bodies. Largely there's exceptions, right? But having some of these conversations that like, you know, even me growing up, like my mom's generation would like never talk about never. anything related to their period or sex or their, even just like their physical bodies in any way, shape or form was just sort of like an off limits topic. Right. And not all families are like that, but I think that is changing and I hope it's changing because we have so much more information available. How much have you learned from like a scientific standpoint about the things that affect our health that like aren't scientific, like stress and, you know, getting sunshine and all of those kinds of things. I mean, the cool thing is now we have science behind all of that, right? Like my book, State Change is all about the physical drivers of anxiety, depression, fatigue, and how we know that the foods that we eat impact our brain. If you eat a high sugar diet, 
that creates a brain level inflammation and that creates anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So the things that I think we said, you know, aren't, aren't backed in science, like not backed in science is often, not always, but often in, in medicine, a way of saying we don't understand it yet. I think psychedelics right now kind of fall into that camp. You look at the research that's happening at Johns Hopkins and other major medical institutions, NYU, and you're like, okay, this was like a very misunderstood field. And now we're in a new phase with it. And a lot, a lot is still to be figured out. Right. But yeah. at least we're asking the questions. I think though, that if you look at the data, 90% of our healthcare costs are due to chronic conditions, meaning conditions we live with for years or decades, not things like a cold or a flu that or a broken leg. And of those, the vast, vast majority can be modified or reversed. And so oh, people wow. Well, how do you do that? Like 80% of them. And how do you, how do you reverse them or prevent them or turn them around? Food is number one, right? Like if you eat the SAD, the standard American diet, you will get the standard American diseases period. Wow. And so like when we eat, it's information for our bodies, genetics are largely just predisposition. So yeah, we'll set you up. Your genetics will set you up. But what actually happens is often a matter of what you just said about your family members, like living the same lifestyle or having the same environmental input. So the number one thing we try to tackle with everybody is food. And some people are doing great and awesome. And they're eating largely whole foods and non-refined and cooking their meals and watching you and following your cooking. You know, <laughs> um, I was talking to someone, the, someone who was here sitting and he was like, what are you eating? And I was like, I eat the same thing every day. I was like, I throw protein in bone broth. I add some rice and whatever vegetables I have. And he was like, that's really healthy. And I was like, it's also time efficient and affordable. Yeah, exactly. Although uh, my, what this is like sort of an aside, but my, like, I realized today as I was getting ready for this podcast with you that on my like personal bucket list is we should do a wellness retreat in Italy. <gasps> Mainly because I want to go to Italy with you. <laughs> because it looks so fun. It's so fun. I mean, there's not a lot of wellness. <laughs> but I would disagree with that, right? If there's... Well, the food, obviously, of course, but there's definitely, you know, it's like Davide's has a cigar hanging out of his mouth the whole time. There's like eight espressos a day and there's copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> well, we'll put those in a box for a second. Um, <laughs> but I do always, you know, when I spend long periods of time there... I do feel really good. And I will say, Dobbin and I talk about it all the time. I have watched his face and body change significantly since he moved here and has had, because when we were dating, he would spend about half of his time there. And he's just a different, we go to Italy and his body just right away. He's like within three days, he's like, oh, I just feel amazing. And as soon as he comes back here, He's just instantly, you can see these like dark circles come back and he's like, he's also growing up, you know, he's 35 when we were, he was 27 when I met him. I mean, it's a different, he's, you know, I was, our bodies were definitely different. That's a big change, but he is completely convinced that it's from the food. It's the only, he was just as stressed with work. He was traveling more. It's the food is really like the common denominator there. Yeah. Food is, food is, you know, food is medicine. It isn't like medicine. It is medicine period. And Mm -hmm. the foods that we eat here, you know, are typically calorie rich and nutrient poor, right? Like they're, 
we'll get the calories, right? Which is important for survival, but we're, we're not getting all of the nutrients, the phytonutrients that are coming from plants. All of those things are talking to ourselves and giving them information. The quality of the animal protein here, like I'll eat, I eat fish, although I avoid the high mercury ones. So I avoid the tuna and the swordfish and some of the fish that have a lot of mercury, but I eat a lot of seafood otherwise. And I'll eat like, if I like your, like your other doctor who like talked to you about the farm, like I'll, if it's really good quality beef, grass-fed animal protein, I'll eat some of that. Right. But it's, it's a condiment, right? It's not like my whole plate. It's not like a giant steak. So what's an average day for you look like food-wise? Because if you're only eating certain kinds of, do you eat chicken? I don't eat birds and I don't eat pigs. And I understand why, but that won't be me. Mainly like. So how are you staying full? How are you having satiated, it's a delicious meal? Ethical, right? So like I, the factory farming thing, I'm such like an empath and like. Yeah, same, I mean, same. My heart bleeds too hard. Pigs are basically, I mean, the first man with a transplanted pig heart is like, did you see that news is now yes. alive and doing well? I'm like, pigs are super smart animals. No, I personally, no judgment on anyone. I personally can't handle eating them. And, and it's mainly, and poultry too, sort of the factory farming conditions that those two categories of animal are typically subjected to, I can't deal with. No, I won't. I mean, there are times where my mom will be like, I was at Ralph's and I got, and I, I'll say to her, I will show you a video of how those animals are treated and you will never eat it again. Don't, it's not worth buying it because it was on sale. This is horror. Yeah. And it's sad because that's what, there's a McDonald's on every corner. There's, I mean, that's what those, you know, so I. It's that like, is I, our food supply. And yeah. my take is it's eat, whether you're eating at, you know, fast food or all sorts of restaurants, nice restaurants, grocery stores, wherever you are in America, largely that is the meat supply. Yeah. And therefore for me, it's just easier and like more convenient, honestly, to just say no, than to try to like parse that because I think it's like very difficult. Whereas like weirdly with, grass-fed beef, I feel like at like my regular grocery store, I can like find that. Yeah. And so I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy other than butter and Parmesan on the latter. It's because I break out. I was really bad the past couple of weeks. And I have this giant zit that I picked. <laughs> I eat low fat cottage cheese and low fat yogurt a lot. If there's really good sources of dairy, meaning like A2 cows, or, you know, it's coming from yeah, we only have A2 really good sources food. and your body handles it well. Yeah. Awesome. My body, I, I have no digestive issues with dairy, but I've tried and tried again. I look back, I had a giant slice of pizza the night before my wedding and I had this huge zit on my cheek the next oh my day. <laughs> and it was before I knew what I know now. It was like before oh my God. I help. <laughs> and I was like, like why? <laughs> <laughs> so vanity is a great motivator, but I either do just straight up espresso and I intermittent fast until 11. And then today I had like a quinoa bowl with roasted vegetables, beets, avocado, salmon in it. That was my like lunch, but I eat it at like 11 a.m. because I didn't have breakfast. But everyone um, says that coffee on an empty stomach is a co- raging cortisol spiker and to avoid it like the plague. I'm fine. You're I'm fine with it. But it's just again, yeah. it's like person to person, right? I mean, this Everybody's is where we have to different. like- Listen, yeah. a lot of people are drinking like a giant- extra large drip coffee and drip coffee has much more like that. That spent a lot of time going through percolating actually has a lot more caffeine. So I have an espresso that I make at home. I have it at 7am. I made my six-year-old make it for me this morning. Yeah. Life win. I was like, baby, will you make mama's espresso? He loves like, and I don't have sugar and things in it. If I am having breakfast, it's like eggs or we make these like 
they call them like paleo pancakes. I eat like a lot of carbs. Like I eat a lot of rice and, you know, uh, starchy vegetables, potatoes, that type of thing. I've learned about my body that I actually can handle carbs as long as I'm having them with a lot of fiber, a lot of fat and protein. It's the, but what I won't eat is like refined stuff. So cookies, cakes, pretzels, crackers, anything that's pulverized into a flour and turned into that, that is what is so inflammatory in our diet. So those things are out. And then like today I was, I had to run an errand and then I was like hungry and I went by juice press or something. And I'm like a lot of those smoothies or sugar bombs. Yeah, I, I am. had the tamari sprouted almonds. So I just grabbed a bag of those, right? So it's like, you can find grab and go stuff if you're busy and you don't have time for a meal, if you know what to look for. Yeah. I keep protein bars and I love those Archer. I never thought I would be a girl who eats like a meat stick. I was just... going to ask you, are you one of the jerky people? I just got on the train. Um, <laughs> I like the Archer meat sticks and I always have like a protein bar or like some sort of nut or something around me because then I do that when I'm going on a plane too, just so I make sure. Davide is like, once we get on, like once we get to the airport, he's like pretzels, M&Ms. Like I'm also like, that's why you don't feel good. <laughs> because you like People really like lose their minds at the airport. I've witnessed it. Like really health conscious people. Like, I mean, listen, if the Shake Shack line is not that long, I'm, I'm going to get the fries. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves. But mm-hmm. um, do you know what the big new food trend that's happening right now? Have you encountered this yet? It's the tinned fish thing. Oh my God. Yeah. So funny. It's so funny. But the reality is those little sardines and little herrings and I stuff. I get them to Carmela. They're the, some of the healthiest things mm-hmm. you could possibly eat. We feed them to our two-year-old too. He loves them. He's like covered. Yeah, because it's cheap to get at Costco. You don't have to prep yep. them. She smells like a Davide says she smells like a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. the smell <laughs> gets to me, to be honest with you, a little bit. But like it is brain food. It is gut food. It's protein. It's fat. It's like everything good in the world is in one of those tins. So before we depart, I think we should end with a few, and we started out the podcast with me asking kind of like, how do you manage yourself? But what are three non-negotiables in the day for you that are practices or routines or rituals that you know enrich your life and ultimately are leading to like better health for you? I meditate in some form every day. And that could be just following my breath while I'm walking from school drop off to my office for eight minutes. Like it doesn't mean I'm sitting, you know, all with my hands in some position, like it, it literally can be a walking meditation, meditating at night before bed is like my favorite because it just allows my brain to kind of begin to process the day and everything that's going on. And so I absolutely recommend it to all our patients. Like I sleep better. I take, there's certain supplements that for me are really impactful. I have genetics. I have two copies of the MTHFR some people call it the motherfucker gene, but I, (laughs) um, MTHFR variant, which impacts the way that you make serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. Oh, wow. And when I take my methylated B vitamins and my methylated multi every day, I take my probiotics. I take lion's mane mushroom on that one, mainly in the hope that it's like connecting the synapses and making me smarter. But so much good feedback about lion's mane. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. There's some really interesting research on it, but I take lion's mane. I take my methylated bees, which are important for my mental health and my calm. I take magnesium. I take vitamin D3, K2 and probiotic. Like that's my supplement regimen. It's pretty basic, yeah, but it's like foundational. I don't take a lot of fancy other stuff to be honest with you. Like that's kind of it. So meditation, my supplement regimen, and then 
I don't know. Foundational. I mean, food we talked about, but like yeah, I mean, I'm exercises, to be honest with you, kind of fallen out the window for me with kids and work. It's really hard for me to get in the exercise that I need. And I think I'm sure, I'm like, you have to wake up at like five 30 in the morning. And I just, I can't, you have to like peel me out of bed, but so eating well, like I just won't compromise that. So even if I have to walk a little further or wait to order something or suck it up and cook or do the grocery shop, just, I won't like grab something that's going to make me feel horrible. Yeah. That makes sense. What are yours? Working out, going to hot yoga. I wish I could walk more, but those walks turn into me being on work calls. And when I walk a lot, my, everything in my body just goes like, ah. mm-hmm. you know, like it's, when I lived in New York, I could, I didn't have to worry really about how much I was eating or what I was eating or anything. Cause I was walking so much. My body was just like loved it and felt so good. So every week I'm like, this is the week I'm going to go on at least two long walks. And that never happened. So for me to get up and go to a hot yoga class, even if it's just like a power class where I'm just stretching is really important. I need to start meditating. I'm bad. I, I need more. I need better. I need better like bed habits because I'm on my phone a lot in bed and I would, I know it's bad. So I would like to, and I think it's because like all day I'm doing so much on my phone that I don't want to do. Like my days are so stressful and I love just like zoning out on TikTok before I go Mm -hmm. to sleep. It really does. When you're on a very positive side of TikTok, you're just like, wow, like the average person is so funny or like that funny thing happened in their house and it's so relatable or the dogs or their sweet stories or like this or that. And you're just like, ah, the world, like for as horrible as it is, has like so much yumminess in it. You know, you like see this like little dip into people's homes and their worlds. And it's so, I mean, it's voyeuristic, but I think we've all reached that level. <laughs> like voyeurism with each other's lives. And I'm like yeah. all for it. Like, I wish I lived in New York that had like windows open to the sidewalk so I could watch people and they could see what I was doing and I could talk to them. Like, I love that. So that's like my connection to like watching the internet in that way is like very much like my personality. But I think for me too, like having food all day long, you know, that's delicious. You know, having like bone broth and flax crackers with a couple eggs in the morning. Like I just feel very satisfied and satiated. And I feel like the satisfaction I get from filling my belly with like yummy foods is really important to me. It's also a time to nourish, right? And so much of our lives, I think, are depleting. Like work can be depleting. Even being a parent, it like being a parent, it both like completely fills me up and is everything. And then also like can be like completely exhausting. And like those two things are happening at the exact same time. I think that it's awesome that you're, everyone says that I'm not on TikTok, mainly because I'm like not sure I can handle it. But everybody says that there is this really positive side of it. And I think- which is awesome because I think most of, and I put media in this category, both social and like newsfeed. Like I've been pretty addicted to the news lately, um, not for better, for obvious reasons. And it, and it, it it is, everything is so depleting. So like eating a good meal is like a, almost to me, like this like line in the sand. Like I'm going to nourish myself through all of this. I'm not going to like also deplete myself with what I'm eating. Yeah. Cause you can feel it so instantly. Oh, I also like bath time with Carmela, but also drop off and pick up. Like Davide and I fight over who gets to drop her off and pick her up or we'll go together in two separate cars because we have like this thing go. That just like dropping her off at school is 
a magical explosion of like a burst of love or like picking her yeah, up it's like just a whole... giant oxytocin bomb oh. yeah it's the best with my I oldest my... and my youngest yeah <laughs> god I can't imagine having three like and you're just like and then they can tell you so much about what they did that day or like you know I, I'm just like wow this is it like you know having a a baby is like so fun and cute and so much happens from the time that they're these nothings and then they're talking and then they can walk and then they're processing and that's all really crazy. But then, you know, I feel like once they're like six, like that's just like a full person. Oh, and they are already when they're two, but like six, I just can't imagine the conversations you're having on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. They also know how to argue with you, negotiate and like, push back. Like he mm-hmm. came home with this like really like ancient, like nineties flip phone yesterday. And I'm like, where'd you get that Dax? And he's like, they gave them out at the, at the birthday party at school. And I'm like, mm-hmm. tell me about this birthday party. So if I ask your teacher about the birthday party where they gave out the nineties flip phones, I'm just like, what is happening? But then he also like, he's really into chess and he's been teaching me chess. Cause I don't know how to play chess. I'm like wow. too impatient the person. So yeah, at a really early age, they like hit this full fuller personhood than I thought. But the two is magic. Like my baby, I just like, I'm obsessed with him and I just want to squeeze him constantly. And mm. I'm very done. Like this is, I, I'm, I'm over and out for having more kids, but I am already finding myself like a little jealous of the people who still have babies ahead of them. Like a couple of my good friends are pregnant right now. And I'm like, oh my God, like you get the baby zone again. Like I have friends who have three and every time they see a younger child or someone's getting pregnant, they're just like, I can't believe I'm not going to go through that again. I'm like, it's so funny because it is something that's like so hard. But I think that moments like, I think that's just, first of all, it's human design for us to continue to procreate. But I also feel like that's like God stuff, right? Where it's like, it doesn't matter how hard it was. Like there's just so much love there that you just want to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, if I were like a little younger and had more money, like I'd probably have another kid. Like (laughs) my husband and I are living with three kids and two dogs. Like I'm like, this is getting nuts, especially in New York. But I, I like get that feeling. And by the way, I am someone who, if you asked me 20 years ago, I would have told you that I would have one kid at like 42 and that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm eternally shocked that I am this person, (laughs) Um, but I think it is. I think it just, once you're in that. So I'm excited for you for the next phase. How old is she? She's two. She's two. She's two in a few months, like two and some change. It's adorable. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Actually stay on because I want to chat with you for like one second about something, but I'm so thankful that, you came on again today. I know how busy you are and I know that it means so much to our audience. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I was super stoked for this. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. Please 
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.